0: Greetings everyone and welcome to Patrick Compton's Photography Podcast and I have to say it is so good to be back. Um, having been off a while with the pandemic um, I've gotten a lot of emails and encouragement by people with not only ideas but just uh, urging me to bring the podcast back And for that, I'm grateful and uh, thankful, and I'm really, really excited to get back into doing the podcasts again, because I know that a lot of people had found them helpful and worthwhile, and um, I'm very glad for that, that it can help move your photography forward. So having said that, um, let's get into another topic that was emailed to me and I picked this one because it was a little bit vague at first. It was someone had emailed me and said, I want you to do a podcast on the fear of the unknown. And I thought, boy, that that is a broad topic. And I had to email them back and kind of get clarification on what they were talking about because fear of the unknown can be a lot of things. But I knew he wanted to relate it to photography. So when I had spoken to him, he had said not specifically... Uh, fear of not knowing but more about fear of setting up the camera type stuff. And by that I mean like what's your perfect f-stop and what's the perfect exposure and white balance and all that. So then I kind of got an idea of where uh, he might be going. So let's talk about that a little bit. Um, you know the fear of the unknown especially if you get a new camera or your relative novice in photography Uh, and I've seen this at workshops where um, fear of not knowing how to set the camera or what to set the camera at when you're going to take pictures, um, you know, it's almost like a failure that paralyzes people, and I've seen them stop and stare at their LCDs, and they're not clicking off shots, and when you walk over and ask them what, what's the problem, you know, that's what they're grappling with what what have stop do I set this at and I always tell them they have to start somewhere because what's the worst thing that can happen right you get no photo you miss the moment you miss the critter whatever it is your subject is you miss that and you don't have that photo recorded for history uh, in that moment in time in professional photographers cases is the worst case scenarios we don't get a paycheck so Uh, it really depends on you know what it is you want that photograph to convey and so they have to start somewhere and that's generally what I tell them they can always stop up they can always stop down um, and they can always adjust the photo especially if it's a stationary subject and it's not going to move that fast and you're going to have multiple opportunities or tries to kind of perfect that photo but the main thing is they have to start somewhere and there's a lot of information out there on the internet both good and bad on hey if you're shooting this particular subject this is the f-stop that i use and it's okay to have a favorite photographer and and try to emulate their style and things like that because again it, it kind of pushes you forward and gets you thinking and obviously they've done it before Um, So they do know what they're doing. And that's a good reference point. But when you're actually out there shooting, um, experiment a little bit. You know, change your f-stop. And that brings me into kind of the second phase of the fear of the unknown. And that's a big one, which is like, oh, what exposure do I get? Well, for me, the exposure I'm going to use is going to try to determine what emotion am I trying to convey in that photo. Uh, Dark and gloomy, bright and happy, you know, and I'm gonna use my settings and exposure compensation accordingly to try and make that picture uh, speak to the viewer uh, based on what I was seeing. And really there's a hundred different ways to get there. Uh, You know, like I said, exposure compensation, you can do that, you can change your shutter speed, um long exposures, you know, there, there's a lot of ways. But personally for myself, there's no perfect exposure. Again, it's going to be based on emotion. What I see at the moment and how I want the viewer who's seeing that photograph or the client, uh, a lot of times will will play into that on how they want the uh, picture conveyed. And that will kind of determine where I go from there. But, again, it's like the f-stop. You have to start somewhere, right? So pick your f-stop, or I'm sorry, your exposure, and, uh, you know, take a click. And then you can chimp and look at it and see, is it what you want? Is it too dark, too bright? Is it, you know, what you want to be? I think I do use the histogram on the back of my camera for, for a number of things. But sometimes if I'm going for a motion, I throw the histogram out. Uh, because I'm not looking for the perfect exposure. I'm looking for the exposure that's going to convey what I see at that moment. If I'm looking at a grand sweeping vista somewhere and there are ominous clouds or something like that, and I want a storm on the horizon, I want to convey that. So I probably am going to underexpose and really, really try to get those clouds into the picture to you know show that type of emotion. Um, but that's you just have to get over your fear of where to start. And I think once you get there and you get a click underneath your belt, that makes a world of difference because then you can start to build on that and adjust and refine. And that's kind of what the craft of photography is all about, you know, just practicing your skill and utilizing what you've learned so that the next time you go out Uh, you're not gonna have this fear. You're gonna say, oh, the last time I was out and I wanted to convey this emotion, here's what I did. So you'll have a baseline and a starting point. You'll be able to move forward much, much quicker. And the final fear of the unknown is kind of an interesting one, it's white balance. And white balance is something that I will tweak, usually based on uh, the color of the sky. Um, you know, if I want a lot of reds in my sky, I will probably go and switch my camera to cloudy or even um, manually move the Kelvin temperature up to even 8, 9, 10,000, depending on how um, red that sky might be. And I'm not one that likes to correct my white balance in post. Um, Certainly you can do that with all of the advanced softwares out there. Uh, and, you know, a lot of people do do that, but I like to try to get all of my settings correct in camera at the moment of capture. It just makes things go so much easier to be able to click on that particular profile on the post, done, I don't have to worry about moving the, the sliders or anything like that. And the interesting thing about the white balance is if you get it right in the camera, it goes into the instruction set. So that's where, like I just mentioned, uh, just clicking on that profile, camera profile in your software, will match that instruction set and boom. Then what you've seen, what you've captured based on how you've set your white set, white balance comes up on your screen and it just makes the post-production go that much quicker. So the white balance is a very personal decision. A lot of people set their cameras to auto white balance and you know that's not an invalid option. Uh, the cameras today are so advanced and and in tune with trying to make a perfect exposure that when you set it to auto you get in the ballpark but I think the creative aspect of photography where you are allowed to change that uh, at least for me um, gives me a much more gratifying photo because I can match what I saw much better than just having the auto and then having to to adjust it in post and I, and I like that aspect of it. Because again, photography is a creative medium. There's no perfect f-stop. There's no perfect exposure. There's no perfect white balance. This is an artistic medium. And how you want to convey what you see to that viewer is completely controlled by you. And it's okay if the viewer doesn't like it. That's a whole nother topic in a whole nother podcast. But... Um, What you like in a photograph is probably different from what someone else would like in a photograph. And that's the beauty of it. We can all capture how we feel and what we want that photograph to look like. So I really think that that is a a benefit of this creative medium. And honestly, if you don't like the photo, you just delete it and take another one. So it's... It gives you an opportunity to be creative over and over and over again. The last and final fear of the unknown, which is an interesting one too, but certainly limited by cost, is what's the perfect lens? Um, and I I don't really have an answer for that. You know, because you, your photography is unique to you, and. The lenses that you have are probably not the same lenses that I have. Uh, People are often surprised. I don't have a lot of lenses. I have enough lenses to get the job done for the way that I shoot. Uh, And I prefer to shoot wildlife. I prefer to shoot um, aviation. And I prefer to do landscapes and things like that. So I have lenses that lend themselves to that. you may have something different if you're a macro photographer or um, you know a food photographer or fashion photographer your lens makeup and bag is going to be a lot different than mine and that's okay you can kind of get the perfect lens for your job but you can make good pictures in today's world with most any lens and uh, there is no perfect lens for the job. There are better lenses for some aspects of an assignment than others, but a perfect lens, I don't believe there is such a thing. Uh, Most of the optics in all of the manufacturers, whether you shoot Nikon, Canon, Sony, Fuji, whatever, are all pretty sharp technically. So you just have to decide what lenses are going to help you do the job to the best of your ability and just one tip on lenses that I give people and this is specifically geared toward landscape photography I guess Um, when I step out of the car or whatever I'm wherever I'm at to shoot this landscape if I look left or I look right when I get out of the car I generally grab a wide angle lens if I just look straight out but I'm not focusing on a certain structure or point, I may grab, you know, a 24 to 70 or something like that that, that's going to capture a fair uh, amount of landscape, but not ultra-wide. If I'm looking at a mountain or um, a butte in, you know, the desert or something specific off in the distance, I may grab a 70 to 200 or something like that to kind of get, more intimate portrait of the landscape but that that's kind of my mindset uh you know as far as grabbing lenses now that only works for landscape i mean i i don't use that for aviation or critters i have specific lenses that i use for uh each particular aspect of that photography but again no perfect lens so just to wrap this up i guess i would summarize by saying you know the it's okay to Uh, have some questions and things like that about the unknown but don't be afraid of experimenting and you have to start somewhere and that's again how you learn how you uh, move your photography forward so um, don't let that fear paralyze you to the point where you miss the opportunity to take the picture you know, if you've got multiple opportunities to shoot, then you can experiment. And that's what I would encourage everyone to do. So that was a good topic. Uh, I enjoyed kind of uh, mulling that over with everyone. So I hope you enjoy that and find a little bit of value in that. And if you get an opportunity, check out our website, patrickcomptesphotographycom backslash blog. That's where I do most of my Uh, sharing and and, uh, stuff like that. I'm also on Twitter and Instagram and Facebook and would appreciate a follow if you are so inclined because I love sharing ideas with like-minded creatives. So with that, I will sign off and hope that everyone has a great day and we'll see you in the next episode. Take care, everybody.